Welcome to Love Talk. This is Tracy J. Hines, uh, author of Love Addiction. Tonight, I have with me my co-host, Leslie Lee. Hi, Tracy. How's everybody doing? And Terry Saleh. Hey, Terry. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Everybody had a good week this week? I did. Much better than last. Yeah, the week and was you good. Can... You know, the weather keeps going up and down. It can't make up its mind, but hey, it's all good. You know what Any I say day... about that, Terry? What? Mother Nature is going through the change. She's going through <laughs> menopause. That's what it feels like. You don't know whether you're hot or cold. You can't make up you your know? mind. Mother Nature's got menopause. That's too funny. That is too funny. This week was good. This week was good. I was in Philly for a little while, and it was very cold. You know, now I'm a Floridian, so uh, I'm not used to being in 21-degree weather, but I handled it. I handled it. So this week I thought we'd talk about social media and the effects that social media has on relationships between men and women or any kind of relationships. Have either of you ever had any nonsense go on on your social media profiles that would interfere with your marriages? Um, mm. No, I wouldn't nonsense. I mean, the question always comes up, you know, is it acceptable for you to have a social media relationship with your ex? You know, if you're married or in a committed relationship and you have exes, and I'm talking about exes that, you know, were um, you were intimate with that person and, you know, there was something substantial going on, is it okay to still talk to them via social media when you're married or you're in a committed relationship? I, I, I kind of think there's levels on that. I mean, if you just have them on as friends, you know, not everybody on your friend list is a friend that you're having these detailed conversations with. But every once in a while, a hey or what's up or how you doing, you know, I don't think there's any harm in that. I think relationships get started on social media. I mean, think about, and I'm not just talking about in a sexual nature. Like, I've connected with people that I attended kindergarten with. No bull. Uh, this is one guy. He just celebrated a birthday um, a couple of weeks ago. And he, I wished him a happy birthday. And he was, like, telling me that I was, like, one of his first friends. And I was like, that is so cool. And it's true. We were friends since kindergarten. His mother. And my mother uh, shared rides sometimes with housewives, and one person didn't have a car. Somebody, I don't know how that went down. But Facebook has brought a lot of people together. Social media has brought people together in ways like, I think it's just incredible. Like, you, we, Jolie has a cousin that lives in Brazil. We converse with her on social media all the time. So I think social media can be great in terms of connecting the dots and, and, and really, um, reducing those de- degrees of separation, but it could be traumatic too. So do you think it's fine for, for you to have um, all your exes as your friends and sharing and going, you know, taking all your business and talking to them about it, or you think it should be reserved for just people who aren't or you weren't in relationships with? I don't, I, you know, when it comes to the ex thing, it's like that's a slippery slope. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it depends on where I'm at in my life. It depends on what's going on in my life. If my life is great, I have no reason to talk to other people. If things are not going so great, I might entertain a conversation. 
Yeah, I, I kind of think it's um, it should be avoided because I just think, you know, you could just be at a weak moment. You could have had an argument. Um, and then it's like, oh, hey, let me reach out to my ex that I really used to like. And if I ever saw him in person, you know, some sparks could happen again. And it's just too accessible. It's too easy to reach out to that person. I, I'm not sure if that is good to do that. I agree. But you think, I don't know if we're giving social media a little bit too much um play. It's not really social media that's doing it. It's the people that are members on the social media. If your relationship is rocky, it's rocky, whether you're on social media or not. You know, I don't know that social media is going to break up a couple. What are you sharing and and what are you looking for when you're on social media? I mean, that's that's any relationship. That's anything that you get involved in. Yeah, you can easily pick up the phone if you're in a rocky relationship. I'm talking about, you know, your your relationship is good, but let's just say you had a a fight, you know, and you're in your house, you know, you're not leaving the house, but it's easy to just get on the computer and just, you know, message somebody. That's what social media media brings these days. You could be, you know, doing stuff that you're not supposed to be doing in the comfort of your home. Um, It just makes it a lot more accessible. Before, if you wanted to get into something, I guess you could pick up the phone or get in your car and drive somewhere. Social media just makes it real easy these days to, you know, get into some temptations that maybe you shouldn't have. That's true. I mean, let's yeah, face it. Well, Andorra's box is open. So it's going back to what you were saying, Tracy, is people. It's always been people. We all mm-hmm. have the free will to behave, to do the right thing, to do the wrong thing. So it's however you, like Terry said, if your relationship's rocky, then that's going to maybe open the doors to something that you don't have any business going through. But it's all about a person's free will to behave or not behave. It didn't even have to be social media. It could have been whatever the next crave is or the next new, exciting technology thing is. We all are responsible for either doing the right thing or not. I agree to that. But there is that element, Terry, like you said, accessibility. Nowadays, you don't have to work on your relationship because you have a list of other people, be it men or women, out there and available. So I don't know that social media breaks a relationship, but I know that it makes it so that you as a person, you don't have to work as hard. I don't think people work as hard as they should, and not necessarily hard is the right word, but I don't think they work on their relationships as they should because they're looking at, you know, that whole idea to get grass is greener on the other side. Well, if she doesn't work out, there's this one, that one, this one, and that one. So, you know, I don't think social media breaks a relationship, but the accessibility can create problems if you're of that mindset. Yeah, I think it does make it really easy. Like, to be honest, um, me and my husband are friends on Facebook, but I don't mm-hmm. go on his page and, you know, see who his friends are or, um, you know, regularly check. I, I don't. I don't check at all, really, to be honest. I, the only way I would know what's going on is if he posted something to my page. So how do you all feel about that? Should a wife be checking the spouse's page? Should she even be friends with the spouse? How do y'all feel about that? 
I, I think feel, it all depends on the relationship. <laughs> this is what I feel, and I go back to what I said weeks ago. If somebody's going to cheat, if they're going to cheat in their mind, their heart, however you define cheating, they're not going to be that sloppy with it and that messy with it. People that are out there cheating are doing everything in their will to make sure that that other person doesn't find out. And when they start to get sloppy with it, it's because they either want to stop and get caught or they really just don't care. So to check, and and to me, I think it's just wasted time and effort. If it's something really egregious going on, it's not going to be done in your face. It's going to be when you least expect it. It's going to be that... those moments when you think everything is all good and in reality it isn't. It's going to be the person that is looking to be deceptive. They're doing it so many different ways that the last thing they're doing is having open conversation on Facebook with another person. They're not doing that. If they're cheating, if they're thinking about being deceptive, they're doing it in so many different ways. It's not going to be out in the open on Twitter Stupid. So how much of your relationship do you think you should be sharing on Facebook? You know, does it matter what your status says if you're married and you don't check married? Does it matter? You know, if you're single and you're checking something other than single, you think those statuses matter? Do they mean anything or you think it's just, you know, that crazy, unreal world? Let's flip the script and, you know, assume that we're single. Tracy, you're single. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess as a single person, you should be honest. I mean, you should say you're single, especially if you're looking to, you know, meet somebody. That's the benefit of social media. It has definitely made it easier to hook up with people. So as a single person, I think social media is great. As a married person, it's great because, as Leslie said, you get to hook up or, you know, um, communicate with people you haven't spoken to in a while. So I think you should let your status be known. Why not? Be truthful. Now, if it's complicated, it's complicated. Hey, do your thing. And if you want to confuse people, hey, that's what you're going to do. That's the method. I don't know. Complicated to me equals single. (laughs) The funny thing to me is anybody that's using a social media platform to air out real personal issues, you have a problem. You have a serious problem because, number one, that is not the place to go all I can't stand it when people put this just general post out there about I'm having the worst day ever, pray for me, but you don't give me no information. I don't know what I'm praying for. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> I, I, those blanket, those, you know, those, those, those cries for help, and then you don't I, leave any details. I think that is so annoying. Keep that to yourself I, or work I've it out with your rant. core group of friends. I've seen rants go on, you know, where someone feels like putting their dirty laundry out on Facebook about their relationship is some way empowering them, you know, to, to really get back at the person who, who, who they're in a fight with or who they're in a relationship with. For me, that's just, that's way below the belt. And it's, it's nobody's business. I think at some level, you should be able to have those conversations off of social media. That stuff should not be on social media. Like you if said, you have Leslie, to you use have that as a store, you're either a coward or a bully, one or the other. You're scared to speak up in person or you're a bully because you think you're going to get your way by saying something real crazy on Facebook. It's one or the other. You don't, you don't reserve your social media to air out some real personal stuff. Agreed. 
That's crazy. Sometimes it's accessibility, though. Sometimes people just have things they want to say and they can't get it out. But um, the only way they can say it and get it where it needs to be is out on social media. I'm not a fan of that. I think that should be saying to yourself. That's all I'm saying. It should stay to yourself. It's not to yourself. Where's your friends at? It shouldn't be on Facebook. It shouldn't be on Twitter. It shouldn't be on Instagram or, or Tumblr or whatever it is that your avenue of social media is. It shouldn't be out there, that personal relationship information. That stuff should pretty much stay with your core friends. You know, talking about it in, in general, that's fine. But detailing point by point what I've seen, and those people, of course, I delete because I can't take all of that nonsense. I just can't take it. So let me ask you another thing, Terry. Um, what do you think social media does for people's sex life? I guess um, if you are single, it's great. <laughs> like I said, uh, you know, it, there's a lot more options out there as a single person um, with technology. Technology has definitely be, uh, been great. Um, for the married person, you know, you could definitely get in trouble with some things, um, going on places and going on sites and following people you're not supposed to be following. And, yeah, you got to be careful as a married person. I don't know. I don't know if social media is the place. You think? Who do you think is, 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 is more looking for sex on social media? You think it's men or you think it's guys? Men I mean women, women, sorry. Men or women, yes. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's probably equal. I mean, I think everybody, again, if you're single and you're looking for the hookup, it's a lot easier. You're behind a um, computer screen, you're behind a phone screen, and, you know, you Mm -hmm. can be a lot more risque with it as opposed to when you are in person. Coward. Why would you deserve (laughs) all of that for behind the screen, scene, all of that play, foreplay, and then when you see me in person, you're a dud? Really? Coward. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes people need that, Leslie. That's, you know, they got to get up the courage, you know, so that allows them when they can be anonymous and have their little avatar and pretend like they're this Mm. second person, that gives them, I guess, the courage to do things that they would not otherwise do. So I'm not going to knock that. But, yeah, you do need to be able to at least display a little bit of that in person. I can't, you know, you can't turn into Jekyll and Hyde, Jekyll on screen. Yeah, that's crazy. Hyde off screen. You know what I think is funny? Um, When people use social media to portray themselves as something that they're really not. I mean, in terms of how they look or, you know, the lifestyle that they live. And then when you see them in person, it's like, Mm, something's not right. Something's not right here. Some somebody lied. When people use that 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 place to just show up and be some alter ego, and then when you see them in person, it's like, who are you? That's not what I saw on Facebook or whatever. That's not the image that I that I remember seeing you as. And then when you show up as your real self, you can't even measure up to the lie. Well, I think we agree that that there's a place for everything. And say it again. I said the freaks come out at night. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, make sure you're a real freak. Don't look like a freak on on your social media. You coming out looking like a dog. Like, come on now. Well, I think, we can agree. I think we can agree between the three of us that social media is a place for, it's not a place for nonsense. You know, there shouldn't be a whole bunch of nonsense going on there and airing all of your dirty laundry. It's a place to connect with people from past. And everybody on social media is not your best friend. So there's, there's, there's limits on there. But um, I, I want to talk about... The... Go ahead, Leslie. I think people miss some of the value of social media as, as, in terms of not just relationship-wise. Like, it's an awesome tool if you're promoting a business or something. So, you know, people need to get it twisted. Like, you don't get it twisted. I mean, like remember what you're on there for because what ultimately happens is your profile stays with you. So that's what people remember you for. So if you want to be remembered as a fool, that's how people are going to remember you. But if you're trying to promote a business and you're still a fool, then they're going to have a lot of things to think about if they're going to patronize your business. This is true. This is true. Well, I, I, a while back I was at a um, a mixer and I met this guy and we had – this amazing conversation. You know, I'm supposed to be paying attention to what's going on at the mixer, but we were talking about relationships. You know, I told him that I did a podcast and I asked if he would join the show and talk about some stuff. And at that time, I think we were talking about monogamy and marriage and all of that, which I would love to have him back again to talk about that. But today he's going to be here in the second segment talking about um, sex and men and what is it all about. And what I mean by that is you know, I think women and men have different me- different meanings of sex and different reasons. And I kind of want to understand the man's psyche and what that plays into when meeting somebody on a social network and you're courting, so to speak, and then you decide that you want to meet in person. How much of that in a guy's mind is, is wrapped around sex? Is it something that they're thinking right away? Is it something that women are giving off? You know, we're talking, we don't even know what we're saying. That's letting him know right away whether he's in or he's out. Or if he looks at us one way and says, hey, this is what I'm going to do with her, and she's not the one I'm going to take home to marry, that's the one. I kind of want to understand that. So I have um, Randolph Dukes coming on in the second half, and we're going to talk about that for a little while and see how that goes. Um, we're going to take a commercial break in a little while, but I want to do, I want to let everybody know that I have a book. It's a book of poetry. Um, it's called Love Addiction. There's several poems in there that kind of takes you through all different phases of my life. You can get my book on my website, Tracy J. Hines, T-R-A-C-I-J-H-I-N-D-S.com. The uh, paperback is $10.99 and the e-reader is $3.99. So I kind of just wanted to put that out there. Um, And before we go to break, Terry, I wanted to ask you specifically. Now, I know you're married, okay? I know you're married, but let's go back a little while and try to imagine you being in this environment, how we are today, and you're dating. And you're on a social media, and you meet a guy, and you get into an environment with him that you don't really know. You just met him online. How, How do you think that relationship between you and him would have worked back then versus how it is now? What do you think? You mean if we started out meeting online? Yeah, you know, because when we were dating years ago, it wasn't like that. We were dating people in school or people in college. It wasn't so much of this online dating. How do you think it would have went back then? 
Um, it's hard for me to imagine meeting somebody online as opposed to at least seeing the person, the person in person for the first time. You know, they say men are visual, but, you know, women are too. And so I would probably, it, it wouldn't be an online relationship for long. You know, if we are having a conversation online and I feel like the person is intelligent, we, um, you know, we speak on the same wavelength, so to speak. At some point, I'm going to suggest or hope he suggests that, you know, we see each other in person because I would need to, you know, take put my eyes on the person and, you know, am I feeling what I'm feeling online? Am I feeling the same thing in person? So the online thing would not be long, not at all. So what would what be the you? difference from back in the day? I ask um, you guys because I know you both have been married for so long. Go ahead, let's. What would be the difference from like back in the day with blind dates? Like people were always playing Cupid and hooking people up. Like I got a friend of a friend, well, and in some cases story. you didn't know them. It's a funny story. Um, I remember hooking Tracy up on a blind date one time, and we actually followed her because we couldn't wait to see what the man looked like. We didn't even know what he looked like, but see, um, you're so Tracy. You're How come I don't remember the blind date? You don't remember that blind date you met him at Green Acres Movie Theater? Anyway, I've never been on a blind date, Leslie. I could not do a blind date. I, I guess I'm like men in some ways. I'm visual, and I need to smell and see before I can even go any further. So I've never been on a blind date. I've never been a, an advocate of blind dates. Yeah, I've never been on a blind date either. But I just say that people were hooking up way before social media, and in some cases, it was that, I mean, we had pen pals. Like, who didn't have a pen pal when they was a little kid? So we were always doing something to reach out beside outside of our circumference, outside of our normal, um, regular, everyday uh, circle. So we were always, we, now with the accessibility, we're just doing it faster, that's all. Yeah, right. you have a lot a bigger pool, a bigger pool of people. You know, it was a bigger pool, you know, and we're doing it faster. You can have a thousand friends on Facebook. You got a bigger pool of people you can speak to almost instantly. So, yeah, I mean, I think you know, as a single person, I think it's great because it it takes a, a lot of the pressure off. I think. You think it's good, Liz? I I think it's good. I think it's I think it's great. To be honest, I, I think, think it's that anything that hooks people up in a positive way, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. I think anything that's going to allow people the freedom to express themselves and then be clear about who they are is a wonderful thing. It's the portrayal, the lies, the deceit that makes this thing all bad. This is true. This is true. I don't know. I think without social media and, and dating online and meeting people that way, it would be very difficult for some that are very busy to get out and meet people. It would be very difficult to meet people. That's and too bad for them you know. that they're socially inept. <laughs> Speak up. You know. be, be heard. You're not saying that if you can't meet people, you're socially inept. You're not saying that, are you, Liz? Yeah, if you have a hard time meeting people in your daily in, encounters, and I'm not talking sexually, just being friends. If you have a hard time just finding a friend 
or finding people to talk to and be friendly with and be social, then you are socially inept and you don't feel comfortable or confident enough in yourself to just have a conversation. It doesn't always have to lead to this grand relationship. It could be just a conversation in passing throughout the course of your day. All yeah, right, that let's go to yeah, they're just socially shy. I don't want to say they're in that, but they're just shy. And Okay, yeah. they're socially shy and being mean. <laughs> yeah, you're being mean. You're playing the mean girl. Let's go to commercial and come back and listen to what uh, Randolph Dukes has to tell us about men and sex and what that's all about. All right, let's take a break. Five minutes. Okay, we're off air. You there, Tracy, lady? you don't remember that blind date? I don't. I don't remember the blind date. <laughs> well, I don't think we hooked you up on this one, but it was me and Lisa Red. We followed you to the movie theater because you were going on a blind date, and you told us where you were going. You were going to meet this guy at the um, Green Acres movie theater. And me and Lisa were like, okay, we're going to follow her. You don't remember that? And we we talked to you because I think you you saw the guy and you didn't like the way he looked. And I don't know if you... And I left. I think you laughed or you pretended like you didn't see him or something. You don't remember that? I don't, Terry. I can't say that I do. I don't know, ladies. I feel like I'm a little off tonight, so forgive me, okay? Randall, are you there? And Randolph, are you there? I'm right here. Okay, okay. Yeah. I lost yeah. track of uh, something that I was thinking about and kind of went on a tangent, but you guys helped me out. Sorry about that. Randolph, do you ever get jokes about your name? I do, all the time. There's actually you know an, what I'm referring inter- to, right? No, not at all. I couldn't even remotely. The movie. Uh, I mean... <laughs> the movie with Eddie Murphy. What was that, Trading yes. Places? At yes. Mortimer, and Mortimer he knows what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yep, yep, and I'm actually a real person. A lot of people have uh, thought I was not a real person or that I'm. it was a practical joke because of that movie. <laughs> that is too funny. You go by Randy. Yes, Randy's great. Randy's Do people call you Randy? People do call me. Most of my family calls me Randy, and since I named my son Randolph Dukes II, they call him Little Randy. Although he's 25 now, not all that little, but he is still <laughs> Little Randy compared to me. <laughs> he's always. Hey, listen, Randolph, you sent me a bio that's like a feces, so I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like, it. yeah. Oh yeah, go for it. Okay. That's just all it. Right. I wanted you to be able. To, I wanted you to have enough to cut down, as opposed to not having enough to say. Okay. All right. That, good. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, oh, 
are we gonna like are we gonna like strictly talk sex? Because I'm gonna say I would like to make a couple of comments on the social media stuff. You go so right we'll start in with I enjoyed that, that okay? conversation. You did? <laughs> you did? You enjoyed it? Yes. Oh, good. Yes. So we'll start in with that. I'll I'll ask you if you have any comments on the social media, and then I will save my. So tell me, what do men think about sex? And it's not that I don't know what men think about sex, but I know men and women think differently about sex. You know, mm-hmm. at least that's what I think. You know, I think women feel like they're making love all the time, and men are more like it's just sex, babe. It's just sex. It's all and it men, is. So and women I, don't think that all the time, Tracy. I do need to correct you. Well, I was gonna say, if you, yeah, I was gonna say if you're thinking averages, yeah, on average, yeah, um, average, but, average. Some, some women are like, okay, you got you, five minutes. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely wrong out. on your male perception, by the way. You're absolutely wrong on that. We're back on. We're back on. We're back on. We're back on. All right, so we're back with Love Talk for Everyday People. Tracy J. Hines, your host, Leslie Lee, and Terry Saleh, my co-host. And we have a special guest tonight. His name is Randolph Dukes, and I want you to know he is a real person. So let me just give you a little bit about this brother. I I said it in the earlier segment that I met this man at at a mixer that we went to, and we just had this great conversation that night. So Randolph is a passionate and committed professional with more than 20 years of information and technology. He's the IT guy, so the guy that takes care of your computers and everything. He's got a BS and MS both in computer information systems. And uh, Mr. Dukes is a natural analyst who began his love for computers and science over 30 years ago by teaching himself to swap parallel cards and printers and all these other kinds of things that go along with uh, elementary education. He's also into poetry, which is interesting to me. Mr. Dukes um, encouraged to explore and excite and indulge the lighter side of poetry. Interesting. Very interesting. Erotic poetry, I should say. And on a personal note, Mr. Randolph Dukes is a single father of one son who is 25 years old, and Mr. Dukes has never been married. Welcome, Randolph. How are you this evening? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me, Tracy. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. So did you happen to hear the first part of our show about the social media and all that goes on on the Internet? I did. I did. And I, and I enjoyed the exchange quite a bit. I do have, you know, a little bit of a different perspective, especially being in IT. All right. Let's hear that. Um, well, you know, where, <laughs> where specifically should I start? Let me see here. I also took notes, of course. So I'll just I'll just start right at the be- <laughs> I'll just start right at the beginning. So okay. um, you mentioned you know social media and its impact on relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know my take on social media is that it's just a tool, right? And so this this underlying theme will continue as I kind of explain it all and and some of the several points that you guys have made about social media not being a place for nonsense and you know you could use it to market your business and all of those things. And, you know, all of those are absolutely true and accurate because that's exactly what social media is. It's a tool to connect with other people. Now, I think the unfortunate thing is, you know, and me being, a, like I said, an IT sci-fi guy, right, 
I think the downfall comes when you turn over a really interesting and powerful tool to people because people bring their baggage. The tool doesn't bring the baggage. The tool just enables the baggage. This is true. And people come with baggage. We know that for sure. Right. So I've had to tell my male friends who are married, been married lots of years. One just celebrated his 20th um, in February that, you know, the tool, as they say, you know, Facebook is the devil. Well, the tool is not the devil. You're allowing <laughs> sure. it to bring that out of you, you know, <laughs> and, and right. you need to be, to your points that you guys said earlier, you need to be more responsible and accountable for what you do when you're on social media. No doubt. No doubt. So the other reason why I asked you to come, since we had this great conversation, I thought tonight we'd talk about um, sex and men and what they think about sex. It's not that I don't know, but I think it's always good for men and women to have conversations so that we can learn from it. You know, like I was saying during the commercial break, in my mind, I think on an average, women think of, oh, I'm making love. And guys are like, baby, it's just sex. It's just sex. So let me have your take on this, Randall. Is it always just sex or is it sometimes as intense as we think it is? Um, you mean from a male's perspective, obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, because I, I wouldn't even begin, Tracy, to try and tell you what you should think. I wouldn't even start. Of course. <laughs> of course. So for men, you are not a female. <laughs> I think for men... Um, is there, you know, there's obviously, or there is certainly a physical element. Um, mm-hmm. Men do so much physically to either release tension or release stress or, you know, whatever it is. But um, in my experience with my male friends and in my personal life, you know, there is just as much of a emotional connection um, mm-hmm. as there is a physical connection. Right. So I'll give you an example. I'll give you a for instance. Right. So we've all heard of these things where a man might carry on an affair for four, five, six, 20, 30 years during his marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, again, to the point that you made earlier, if a person is having an outside affair and hiding it and doing a good job of hiding it, well, then why would a guy wait, spend time with one other person? if there was not an emotional connection. Hello. Right. right. He could see multiple other women. He could, you know, have an affair with one for a little while and then move on and move on if he was in the variety or whatever. But in most cases, men tend to carry on affairs and stick with one or even in some cases two other people consistently. They don't say, well, I'm going to have an, you know, I have a wife and then I'm also going to sleep with 30 women over the next 10 years. It's, that's, that's, I don't think that's very common. So there is definitely an emotional connection for men. Very much so. And they're building a wrong relationship. It's a relationship. It's a wrong relationship. The I'm not sure if I agree with that either. When I say wrong I don't know if I agree with that either. No, but what I'm saying is as a wrong relationship, if you're married and mm-hmm. you have ties outside of your relationship, mm-hmm. it's wrong. Now, do you, does that mean you don't love that person outside of your relationship? You probably do. You're building a relationship, but it's the wrong relationship. And it could go on for years. It could go on for years. And like I always said, if a person plans to deceive in a relationship, 
they are not going to be as messy as we tend to think that people are. Like, oh, they're going to be all over their social media. No, they're not. They're not going to let you know. That's how come these wrong relationships can exist for decades. Now, well, if that's I'm... your person that you want to be with, then get out of the marriage and go with that person and, and rectify things. When I say wrong relationships, I'm not saying that anybody's bad in this. I'm saying it happens, and they build relationships, but it's the wrong relationship because you're married. Get out of the marriage and go go work on whatever it is that you you started. Okay. Okay. So you know, I'd like I think I think that's an interesting perspective. Um, I'll offer a different perspective, right? All right. So again, in 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 these long term affairs, uh, I don't think the wife is unaware. I think at some point she becomes aware that something else is happening. Um, so you're saying she's, prom- she's giving permission? No, I'm no. not saying she's I giving was... permission. I'm saying she's enabling by staying in the marriage. But let me move on from she that because I want to focus on the marriage. She knows and doesn't say anything about it, but she knows. No, no, no. She may even say her... something. No, no. Uh, let me be clear. She may even be harassing him about it or whatever is her approach to let him know that she's not happy with it or she would prefer he not be sleeping with someone outside the relationship, right, and carrying it on. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is she enables to, uh, I believe that was Leslie's very point, for him to have a marriage and have a relationship outside by not leaving the marriage. She has an option to lead a marriage too. Am I, I know it got silent. You know, I'm, I'm married, listen, I'm married 29 years, it'll be 30 years in June. I have a problem with that because how about the fact that I commitment, I made a man, I love this man, and I just want him to do the right thing. And that's where all the arguing and all of that comes from because I still love my husband. And he chooses Agreed. to go outside of relationship. So now that's being from based on what you're saying as a woman, I had the choice to leave immediately upon knowing. So therefore, no. I'm enabling him if I don't leave. But I'm 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 married in this. I made a commitment. I love this person. He just happens to love somebody else too. So why do I have to leave? Why can't he do the right thing? Why can't he ship up? And he shapes out. Lee, he leaves. I'm not cheating. So, He's cheating. When when do we? And I'm and I mean from a male's perspective. And being on this other side of the coin, mm-hmm. this this exact phrase that I'm about to say. When do we recognize our own accountability to make a right? situation change? to make a situation change, whatever that situation is, whether that, whether that bad relationship or being treated poorly is at work or it's in a personal, interpersonal relationship or whatever. And you may love your job. You may enjoy working with your coworkers or in a actual marriage, right? You may love your spouse, but at some point we do own, right? Cause you're right. You're right. That other person is supposed to make the right choice. But sooner or later, and, I, and I'm speaking exactly from experience, I, and mm-hmm. I sat a person down and said, look, 
it's clear to me you're not going to do the right thing. And I've given you every opportunity. I didn't decide this, and we're not having this discussion for the first time. We've been talking about it for, I don't know, a couple of years because she was a living uh, girlfriend at the time. So Mm -hmm. I made the choice to leave because I came to the realization that she was not going to change or do essentially the right thing. I recognize that I owned that. Or How long did it take I for you could, to get to that? Well, it took me, like I said, probably about the exact number was probably 12 to 14 months. Okay. But if that number is going to be different for everybody, but, but I understand the no, point no, no. that you yeah, made. That number is going to be different. And I want to recognize Leslie's point. I wasn't married. I was living with someone. So a marriage that is a deeper a commitment. Difference. Right. right. Marriage is a deeper commitment. So I do want to put that out there and be very clear about that. But I, you know, that would have just lengthened the timeline for me. It would not have changed my decision. Well, it might have changed my decision, actually. I might have accepted and been more open to a multi-person relationship as well. Those <laughs> do exist. Now, I, mean, I mean, people live in them on both they sides do. of the coin. There are men who know their woman is sleeping with someone else on some sort of regular intermittent basis. And they still stay with their woman. I know we don't talk about it in the media, but again, I had conversations with male friends and I know we present it like men can't survive that. Like men don't survive infidelity by their women or men do extreme things when they find out that their, their, their woman has slept with someone else, but that's not the case. A, A lot of men stick around. A lot of men is like, man, that's the mother of my kids. I'm like, dude, I guess you got to do what you got to do then. Well, I guess to Leslie, Leslie, back to your point where you don't have to leave, he has to leave. If I understand you, Randolph, you're saying at some point we have to be accountable for what we want to take on and what we don't want to take on. And if it's not going the way you want, you have your threshold. And at that point, you have to decide, am I leaving or am I staying? Is that pretty much some of it? Just to piggyback off of what Terry said all the time, if you're not financially in a place to leave, People stay for all different types of reasons. And at being level for most people, like if you establish this lifestyle, we live a certain lifestyle. And for me to leave or for him to leave, that's going to reduce my lifestyle to what I'm accustomed Mm -hmm. to. So a lot of people Mm -hmm. stay You have to make a decision. What's more important? What's more important, your lifestyle or your your sanity? Or monogamy, actually. Right. Well, I don't want to say self-respect. I think that's a low blow or monogamy. Which one is more important? Right. But, Randolph, let me ask you a question because we've tossed this around quite a few times. What do you believe about monogamy? Does it exist? Is that something? Because in my mind, sometimes I think it it doesn't exist. I, I think monogamy exists in the people who want to practice monogamy, but I think monogamy as a social norm is the death of love and intimate relationships. It kills them every single time. Mm. You ever wonder why people meet each you ever wonder why when people meet each other for the very first time, women and men, and at that very first moment of meeting, there is no requirement of monogamy. No one goes on the first date or even sleeps with someone from the first time, walks away from that situation thinking, Well, this person's only sleeping with me from now on. What happens is over time as you sleep together more and as you build into a deeper relationship you kind of want to come to that understanding, right? You want to bring that element to the relationship. And honestly, I want to say you want to force it into the relationship. But right. up until that moment, everything about that person was wonderful. 
you loved that person, you wanted to get to know them better, everything was great, there were, in a lot of ways, no major secrets, but as soon as we require monogamy, somehow things go downhill. So are you saying as long as we don't verbalize it, it's okay, everything will be okay, we don't have to worry, and, and no. you don't ever have to have any kind of um, expectations? It's the verbalization no. of monogamy that, that's, that's killing no. uh, relationships? No, no, no. It's, first, I said the word require, not, not verbalization of it. Um, so I, I think that, again, open communication needs to happen, Right. And I think that people need to be honest about their expectations. And this is where it falls apart, because I don't mind admitting this. A lot of men are just not quite open. Like, look, I, I really don't, I can't envision myself just sleeping with you for the next 30 years right now. Why maybe five years from now, maybe that? 10 years from now. Hmm? Tracy, you want to know the answer to that question? I do. <laughs> Why what? What can't you be honest about that? Why can't you come to the table and say, listen, this is what it is, that's what it is, and this is what I want? Why? Because you just said a lot of men can't be open. Why not? No, no. Because, well, say. it's so funny because we had this conversation. <laughs> I had this conversation with a friend just the other night. We the reason why week. is. I do, I do. I have this conversation more often than I care for because well, what Tracy was getting at, which I didn't, which I didn't directly answer, which Tracy was getting at, is I personally do not believe in monogamy before marriage, and I will not commit to it. And I never can tell anyone I'm monogamous, and I mean that's clear through the engagement. So that's really where Tracy was getting at when she kind of asked me that question because her and I have talked about this. But let me get back to why men don't openly say that in the beginning. Because in most cases, in most cases, not all, in most cases, there's not a safe space for that. Mm -hmm. I can't have that conversation. I can't. I cannot. Okay. I can't have that conversation without the tone of a woman's voice going up a little bit, without (laughs) maybe being made the villain. Like, how dare you say something like that? Like, I cannot have... I can't share. And keep in mind, he's sharing his genuine, intimate feeling, and it's being dumped on immediately. So, so are you not sharing? Goes, you don't want to hurt wait, 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 her feelings? Is it right? Are you not no, no, you sharing? You don't want to be hurt. You're concerned about your no. feelings, or you're concerned about her feelings? Actually, I, you know what? When men say they're worried about her feelings, I think that is the bold-faced lie. They're worried about their own feelings. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Terry. That's what I believe. Yeah, that's the bold face lie. The bold face lie is I'm protecting her feelings, but keep, again, keep in mind what I said. He does not feel like there's a genuinely safe space to say, I don't really want to be monogamous. I love you a lot, or I like you a lot. I love dating. I'm willing to talk about whatever it is, moving in, sharing bills. Of course, I'm talking about at the beginning of a relationship. But I just don't want to be in this situation where I absolutely have to only sleep with you. I don't know a man who thinks that that conversation is going to turn out well for them, so they don't share it. <laughs> now, let me ask you, this, I, this mindset of yours, well, I mean, do you I think can respect that? And I think every single woman that's dating really needs to hear that from, should be listening to this, just to hear that you're saying that. Do not expect that type of um, conversations from the man you're dating and don't even press for it because you might, in most cases, get lied to anyway. So go in with your eyes wide open. 
That's so how do you fair. come from the dating zone to another zone? You know, how does that work? If you just have to always be open to to not being um, monogamous, always. Have to be open to that. Um, you're asking never how does a female do that? Right. How do you me? move past that? With any with any guy, just in general, I, I yeah, with you, with you. Well, that's, okay. well, that's well, that's but that's exactly it. That's exactly it. You you have to be open to that, and you have to be accepting of that without letting, and I'll say too much resentment set in. Because I mean, we're humans, right? The false and I'm not going to be ridiculous. What about the false positive? the people that are out there professing that they're in this relationship with you, and I'm not saying it's just all a man thing. Women do it Mm -hmm. too, that they're professing Mm -hmm. that they're in this relationship. Right. They're in it with you, and they're almost professing monogamy. However, really, that's not what they believe, and that's not what they want, and they're not telling you. And then all of a sudden, the other person is all invested based on what they were saying, but it really wasn't true. Now, they were giving you the false positive but from the from the beginning. Just so that for whatever reason, okay, so maybe it's his feelings or her feelings that they're trying to really spare, but the other person who's in this relationship so deep and so heavy based on what that person said is now really devastated when it comes out that that's not what that person really meant. That goes on oh, a what lot a tangled web because of that <laughs> positive that people speak out of their mouths and they say one thing, but what they really mean is totally different. They will tell you what you want to hear. They will tell you, no, I'm not looking for anybody else. No, I'm not in another relationship. Meanwhile, their actions all the while are deceptive because that's what they are doing. They are in other relationships. I don't and know how you get around that. Positive that I don't people, know how you get around that's that. That false positive that people hang their hat on, want to build a relationship on, and then are destroyed when they realize that that other person really wasn't telling the truth for whatever reason. I don't know how to yeah. get around that. That's what Randall is saying. Rand, Randolph is saying, you know, the guy is just not ready to have that conversation. He, he he's not going. Or oh, in some cases, he's talking about the guy that's not to. going to say that. Right, so but you know what? I, but she has a point though, and I want to I want to speak to that too though, because there's 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 a very profound point there, and I want to first and foremost say the people who give false positives are liars. We have to accept yep. that, whether they're male Pretty or much. female, they're liars. <laughs> they're saying something yep. out of their mouth that they don't genuinely believe in their heart or may not even believe in their mind. I had a homeboy once upon a time uh, who said, I go into the relationship with an exit plan. I was like, dude. That's crazy. Why bother? (laughs) But, well, this gets back to the core point, right? He's after sex. But aside from that, we're we're going to table that little point right there because that's how we got started. And I'm going to say that, Men and women give false positives. Men and women say the thing that they think you want to hear or they believe you want to hear because of social norms, mostly. If it is socially normal to be absolutely honest and to share your sincere feelings and socially normal, like, for example, it's perfectly legal to have, uh, let's say, a second wife in France, right? So you you could have two wives. 
So I'd imagine in their culture, although I don't spend, you know, I have never like lived over there, they may be a little more open, not saying they don't have any lies, but they're probably a little bit more open because it's a social norm. Here, it is the social norm to believe or to tell people you believe in monogamy. Correct. Whether you're a female who doesn't genuinely believe in monogamy and is maybe bisexual or whatever your sexual preferences are as that female, you're going to say all the great stuff that you need to say, especially if you're, you got a good energy and you got a good vibe with a new person that you're dating. And so, you know, I've kind of heard it all. I know women who are in uh, same-sex relationships but sleeping with a guy on the side but can't tell the woman she's in a same-sex relationship with because the woman is maybe a more hardcore lesbian and doesn't want anything to do with men. Like, people lie about these things because they're trying to fit into a social norm. It doesn't, and I want to come back to this, it doesn't take away the fact that they are lying to their spouse or their significant other. But they are doing it The lying is the part that I can't deal with. Right. Well, right. I no, like fair. what you're that's saying fair. about the social norm part because of the fact that here in America we have these crazy norms that people that they live by or they pretend to live by. And right. No, that's to right. Destroy somebody else if they go against what they think is normal, and we are right. we, we we've created laws in this country around right. the social norms that just make absolutely yeah. no sense. Make and no we fear sense. the different, right? We fear the different. We, we right. as a right. culture, and I mean Americans, we fear, I mean humans too, really, broadly, but well, the as, way specifically things, as Americans. The way things are going in this country now and the climate and the culture, you should fear the different because there's a group of people that socially don't accept different, and they're trying to annihilate different. So you should be fearful in this country well, the way it not, is today. That's actually not true, right? Because that group of people is the norm. This country was founded by those people. Correct. Right. This country was founded right. by we those are people. the different. <laughs> we are the different. We shouldn't fear we the different. We are the different. This country was founded by those people. <laughs> they're struggling to hold on to that power, knowing that right. eventually the, the, the tides are going to turn in, in years. And they're trying very hard, very desperately to hold on to that power. They're trying to create laws around it. I mean, even well, if down to the bathroom, what bathroom you use. Right. Come on to now. To keep it sane. Right. To keep it the same. So I want to go back, guys. I want to go back to where yep. we came from. So here we are. And I think I had asked you this in a text, Randall. And I really want to know your opinion on this. Okay. You're meeting someone for the first time. Do you make up your mind on that first meeting what type of relationship this is going to be? Is this going to be purely sexual, or is this somebody that I can get to develop something with? Is that something that, that's made up right away? Do you know right away? Um, it, it, I know it the first time I actually get a chance, and I think that was Terry, to actually meet them face-to-face. So. Um, no, I know Tracy asked that question, but I'm talking about earlier. So in the social oh, okay. media space and you meet mm-hmm. via social media, I think right. the final determination is made after you meet them face to face. You know, what they post and if they're half naked or whatever the woman has done to get my attention is all good and well. And I may go in with a, a impression, but I come away from that first personal meeting or the second or the third then really starting to categorize her, like where is this really going to go? 
All right. How are you about visuals? Like, is, is, are, are certain looks, do you have a look, do you have a style? Does a woman have to come half naked to the table? No, like, no, no. I mean, most men do, but I don't. Okay. So I got over that a long time ago. I'm not a type person. If you were to look at the um, girlfriends that I've had in the past, they're all different shapes, height, uh, weight, even. Um, I try not to be uh, skin tone. I try not to have a type because I believe that all women are unique and all women have something unique to bring to the table. But most men, like most people, are comfortable in their norms and their changes, and they date kind of along a type. We are running out of time. It feels horrible that we're running out of time, Randolph. I do believe I will be calling you to come back. But um, just before we close, I'm going to ask you, if you could give women that are single one bit of advice, since you are single, to attract their mate, monogamous or not, what would it be? Be yourself. Let the person who is attracted to you is attracted to you because you you were who you truly are, not because of some facade you painted on or not because some celebrity or star you wanted to look like or act out. Be yourself. Amen. Amazed. Amen. And if somebody needed to get in touch with you to get their computers fixed, do you do stuff like that? Will you help people on the side, or is it strictly a business thing? I don't know if you want to give some information out. <laughs> no, I, I am a contractor that does, you know, the average, you know, twenty, thirty million dollars software implementations at major school districts and things of that nature. Um, I'll let them reach out to you, and then you can connect me with them. Okay, that? that's perfect. Thank you very much yeah. for coming. I appreciate it. I will be getting back in touch with you because I think I'm going to have you back again. This was wonderful. Uh, this yeah, is Rock Talk it. for Everyday People. Thank you for listening. Tonight we had Leslie Lee and Terry Saleh and Randolph Dukes talking about love. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Okay, we're off. Is everybody still there? I'm here. Yeah, I'm still on one. I Randolph, I, I thought you. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. You know, you said you were introduced as Randolph. I'm not gonna throw in the Randy thing. So I'm, until I've had another conversation. <laughs> with you. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do it in a later episode. You can talk to. Yeah. <laughs> you can call you me good. Randy later. You were very work. good. I knew you would be good. Thank you. You were good. You were really Thank good. You. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed there. Yeah, I enjoyed talking to you ladies. It's awesome. I love getting to learn more and, and hearing about other people's experiences. I really enjoyed it. I did. I think I it's do it interesting anytime. to hear men talk because of the fact that um women don't listen. <laughs> they don't. What is it that women don't hear? listen? They shouldn't be listening anyway. I mean, according to you, Leslie, they shouldn't be listening. According to you, Leslie, they shouldn't be listening anyway because they're being lied to. So, no, I think that they should listen. I no, no. I think that when people initially meet people, they tell you who they are up front in the first two, three, ten encounters, and then after a while, people choose to ignore that. 
And then they want to build on something that doesn't really exist. I don't know that I can agree. I can agree that people tell you who they are, but I think a lot of things that go astray is because people are not being truthful in what they're saying. If you deliver the truth and you stand on the truth all the time, I think a lot less heartaches will be out there, especially me, the person who asks you for the truth. If I'm dating you and I say to you, when you're done, let me know you're done so I can be done too. Then I want, that means I want to know. So it's not about protecting me. It's about protecting you and feeling uncomfortable and not wanting to get into any kind of a back and forth kind of thing. That's what that's about. That's not about protecting me because I'm asking you to tell me the truth. People aren't truthful. Right. That's what the problem is. Yeah, that would be a great subject. People are not realistic. People, like Randolph said, guys are protecting their own feelings. At first we thought, um, we no, were saying, let's like, clarify. You two thought. Um, <laughs> last week that we thought most women thought that they were trying to spare our feelings, that they were trying to spare the woman's feelings, but really they're just trying to keep themselves from getting slapped in the face. They don't want the well, conversation. You know, I'm convinced of this. I don't. I don't know if. I, well, let's 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 put that a little bit in context, right? So, I, and I think this is actually a really good topic for another show, right? So, when does mm-hmm. when does a person become more honest or whatever and more open? Because one thing I will admit outright is that you know where I am today, and that I'll go into the first date saying, "Look, I don't believe in monogamy." Uh, wasn't who I always was. I may I turned over that leaf like at 28 or 29. And, you know, there's reasons for that, and there's reasons why I made that choice. So I think that there is a time once a man is either spent enough time with you, is emotionally invested, he does start to do most of his bad stuff out of trying to make things easier for his woman. But on first dates and at the beginning, it's self-preservation all day. You know, so I so think men saying, evolve to that. I don't think they. I don't think it's that they are never in that space. They evolve to it. So you're saying so down the road that you. you are trying to spare somebody's feelings, knowing what you're doing or knowing that you're not wholeheartedly in the relationship. At some point down the road, after you've built some, you you've built some some. Uh, communication, right. you, you build a relationship, yeah. but then yeah. things change for you, you don't automatically right. tell your significant other because, number one, you're protecting yourself, and number two, you're protecting her, too. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I, you know, for Thank example, I, I, I do know men who, <laughs> who got married and entered into a monogamous situation in their own mind, genuinely believing that was something they wanted to do. And so it's some of this social is... Norm. Well, like well that's, said, it's that's the a social, social norm. norm. And some of it is, though, but we got to be honest. People are, so a lot of people are not even being honest with themselves. We need to recognize right. that, right? right? Seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so there are a lot of people who, don't, who aren't even honest with themselves. So how, right. how can that person ever be honest with you? They can never, hey, ever brother. be genuinely <laughs> honest with you. Let me ask you a question. Don't you just think some people just have a change of heart? You know, they went into it thinking, you know, one way, and then they just change over time. Certainly, that happens too. I see, that's just it. I think all of these scenarios happen, and there is no one, this is how it happens for men or women in marriages, period. 
Correct. I know men. I know men who went into marriages because they were the last one in our social group. I think Tracy and I talked about this. They were the last one in our social group. Well, the second to last because him and I were the last two, and he refused to be the last guy married. So he got married. <laughs> I know guys who got married because the woman got pregnant. As a matter of fact, my buddy who um, and he didn't want his kid because he grew up as a person without a father in his life. He didn't want that. And he's actually my buddy who used the phrase, you know, I go in with an exit plan. Now, the irony with him is his marriage broke up. They wound up divorced, but are living together now. Like within two years of the divorce, they were back living together. Are they still divorced? Do they still? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're still divorced. divorced. They're still divorced. Yeah, they're still divorced. I don't know about carry on as divorced people. I mean, he certainly does, but I don't think she's dating around like a lot. But yeah. So they they live together for a lifestyle. They live together because, well, probably on her coin, that's how he talked her back into it. Bills is cheaper. But, you know, so he just give you a quick little context, right? He's a regional manager at a major corporation. So he was working out of Atlanta. She's here in South Florida. So he, he was maintaining two homes, actually. Yeah, two. And he would travel every weekend to be here for his son, do sporting, whatever, whatever. So he really wanted to be in his son's life. And I think throughout that process and throughout her being back on the dating market, I think she made a couple of choices based on a couple of things. Mm. Is my assessment, you know, having met her and been around them both before the marriage, during the marriage, now after the marriage, um, but, but living together. So I think people, and my core point here is, which is where I was going, people come together for a variety of reasons. And it's very difficult to say X is right, X is wrong, you know, X is inappropriate. I I think what I like to do is I like to put things in context. Uh, And this is probably where I was going a little bit earlier, right, about drawing the line on when it's okay for you and when you need to leave. And I think people, people need to understand what is okay for me and this other adult And am I willing to live with it? Are these the sacrifices I'm willing to make, period? And it can't be compared to social norms or what my friends are doing on social media or someone just posted how great this relationship was and I want mine to be like that. You know, I want to post like that. Um, You just can't. You you can't compare. Every everyone is right. different. Everyone is different. Right. And what I'm gonna tolerate, Leslie and Terry might not tolerate, vice versa. Exactly. So every relationship exactly. has to be your relationship. It and those has to be. you know, relationship relationship things that you see on Facebook, you can't be that because that's not you. So you you, you gotta let go mm-hmm. of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what it is for me, it became empowering for me. As I started to mature, because I let you all know, except for Randolph, I was married very young. And I started to take control back and the power back of me and loving me and learning to live with the choices that I've made. We've dealt with infidelity, my husband and I. It wasn't easy. We were young. It was hurtful. It was a lot of things that went on. But when I started to own my part of it, because I don't exclusively blame him, because I play a part of it too. Like Randolph said, you enable at some point, and then at some point there's this low self-esteem that kicks in. There's a lot of things that happen. So when I own what I contributed to that part of my life, it started to empower me, and I started feeling better about who I am as a person. And then 
I'm almost venturing to say I became more attracted, you know, more attractive to my husband as as, as opposed to being that mean, nasty, disgruntled, you cheated on me, right. da, da, da. But when I started to right. feel my own self and feel good about me, mm-hmm. then he started to see things that were different, different. instead of that mm-hmm. disgruntled one. Right. And it, it, right. it works so many different ways. It, it's so many different things that come to, to into a relationship. My issue that I have when I see women, and I, and, and only because I, ha- I, I speak to more women than I speak to men, when you don't look at these relationships and call it for what it is, because he told you. If he showed you, he, if he didn't show you, he told you, and vice versa. People speak what it is that they're capable of doing immediately. And I don't know if monogamy exists for everyone. It's a choice. It's, you have to doesn't. choose that. Right. It doesn't you exist for everyone. You have to choose it. Sometimes I wonder about this easy. whole monogamy thing. Listen, I think I wonder about this whole monogamy thing. Is it really that you're not choosing monogamy or is that there's just so many people that you see and have access to that you just can't, you, you, you just can't be with one person because you're afraid of what you're missing? Is, is that what it is, or is it just, I'm not interested in monogamy? Because what's, what's at the core? Okay, so let me, let me answer this, that question just like this, and I think you all can relate to this. Actually, I was gonna, I'll say two scenarios, right? And one, Tracy, you'll find familiar. Okay, nobody eats chicken for every meal, every day, day in and day out. So it's not about simply because you have access to other stuff. You genuinely don't want the same thing all of the time. You want a break. And just yeah, like that, women, let me finish, let me finish. Women don't okay. wear the exact same shoes every single day. Day in, not even to the same event. If you have an event you go to annually, and you may find a pair of really great shoes, but by the next time you have to go to that next event, whether it's a company holiday party or whatever it is, you volunteer and they have an annual party, you find you another pair of shoes to wear because you want a little variety. You want something, and this is the core for men, so I'll let you in on something. You want someone else to make you kind of feel like you're desired and you know, you're interested. Now, where you take that, I think you guys made a very good point about social media earlier. Where, how far you're willing to take that because someone flirted with you or someone gave you their attention or someone said you were cute or handsome or whatever the situation is, this is then on you as the individual. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think people seek out stuff outside of monogamy, monogamy for much deeper, really sometimes spiritual and soul-based reasons. It's not simply because, oh, well, I have more variety. Oh, women are more open sexually. Women are more apt to hook up. So, hey, let me go for it. I mean, there are lots of men sleeping around based simply on opportunity, right? Um, We are in an era where women are supposed to take control of their own sexuality and know their own sexuality and Slut shaming is supposed to be bad, and you're supposed to get out there and do whatever you want, girl, you know, especially in your younger years. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, well, it's I, not I, true I, I from agree a societal what you're saying, standpoint, but, women, but that's what, society, go ahead, go ahead. But women are so mean when it comes down to other women and what's Absolutely. socially accepted. We are mean to each other. Mm-hmm. And women, you know, black women, I can't say for white women, black women will will annihilate you 
if they think that you're going against what's prim and proper and social. I see it all day at work. I see it all day. Women are mean. And that whole owning your sexuality, they don't, my generation and older, they don't believe in that. Maybe younger. And I, I still think that younger people are more fluid than we are, but the older women, we are some mean chicks. To one another, oh, yeah. when you see oh, yeah. somebody I, that's owning mean. their sexuality, I, I'm not mean. When you see somebody <laughs> that's owning their sexuality, oh, you're a mean girl in your head. You might not speak it, you might not do anything to somebody, but if you see somebody that's owning their sexuality well, that don't and that you don't, don't appreciate it, thank you, Randolph. <laughs> that don't count. You can't you can't point that one out. Don't be like that because that's like saying, well, if you thought about murdering someone and you're a murderer, no, it's the act that matters. That's it's whether true. or not you materialize it in the real world. That's what matters. It does. That's true. And so, yeah, by not hurting someone's feelings, right, she, 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 she can still be a good girl, even if she has bad yeah, thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that she's, I'm not, I'm not saying that she's a bad <laughs> Or even naughty I'm thoughts. Saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that whole idea of if we were more free and we were more um, comfortable to be who we really are in this world, you would have a lot less of this craziness that goes on. But people are always trying to put on an air, trying to pretend, trying to be something, trying to measure up to something. Right. Yeah. No, that's I don't right. Know how we're so, Leslie, you believe, you believe in open marriage, Leslie? No, I don't believe in an open marriage. Absolutely not. No, no, my husband cannot. I'm not giving anybody the authority or the thought that it's okay that they could go outside of my marriage. No. Absolutely not. Okay. I don't believe in that. So when you say free, you're just talking about during dating, not marriage. I'm talking about just living our lives as free sexual beings. I'm not talking about having sex. I'm talking about owning our sexuality, owning what's pretty on us, what looks good, how we feel. I'm not talking about relationships, like jumping in and out of bed with people. But people are okay. so conservative, especially black women, when it comes to – I mean, i got – I went, I went not shopping all a couple of months. Not all. I went shopping a couple of months ago to buy some outfits that I bought for work, okay? The same pants that I wore, I could see somebody else wearing something very tight and close to their body, but it wasn't accepted for me because I think for some reason I just look too damn cute for them. And I know mm. I look good. Mm. I know I look good. They weren't ready. I, they weren't ready. They, they weren't, weren't ready, ready baby girl. <laughs> fitting pants that somebody else wears, you wouldn't say nothing to them. So why did you feel comfortable enough to pull me into the office to tell me you are not to wear those pants again? And I don't think I was wearing anything that was outside of the norm of an office environment because you didn't like the way it looked on me. Well, you know, I'll say this, but I'll say this about that. The act of going into a job and a workplace is conformity. And I, I think the lie there that we've given to people is that you're supposed to still be yourself and wear whatever you want to wear, have your hair, whatever you want. That's not true. And that, that, that's never no. been true. And it's why I don't do corporate America anymore. So I think first, um, our expectations about what we can get away with around the workplace, especially as people of color, is a little mm -hmm. bit skewed. Um, and I think we right. have the wrong impression about that. If you told me you were out with 
even even some church lady friends and y'all were out at a restaurant and you showed up and then they pulled you aside and was like, look, don't you ever wear that again. Then I'd be right on your side. I'd be like, no, nah, they wrong for that. Because in a social situation, no, you could, let me tell you're supposed you. to be, let me finish, let me finish. In a social uh-huh. situation, you're supposed to wear whatever you think you're comfortable in, whatever you think you, like you said, look sexy in or feel good about. But we right. should not, I don't think we should be mixing our sexuality and how we feel about our sexuality at the workplace. Right. And I'm not saying that what I was wearing was over-sexualized. What I was wearing, I was totally covered up. My behind was covered up. I had like a peblum top. It was the legging aspect of what I was wearing. And this was like a ponte knit. This wasn't like see-through, I could see your underwear leggings. But they were a nice dress. They were advertised as work pants in the place. Yeah, I was gonna say there is no such thing as dress leggings. But go ahead. No, they 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 (laughs) were. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as work or dress leggings. I'm just gonna tell you that. I don't care what material they're made out of. I don't care if they're three layers thick. There is no No, such thing. You would have to see them. And then the thing that was so offensive to me was that people all day long wearing their wearing dress pants that were just as tight or equally as tight as my pants. But nobody right, but they had a zipper on them, and they were those dress yeah. pants. Right, yeah. right. Now, to be honest with you, I don't really care for those in the workplace either. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in that either on, on women or men, actually, in the workplace. Because, you know, now men are into these, like, skinny suits, skinny clothes. Yeah. So now yeah. you, they come to work in these skinny suits. Right. And I'm like, dude, that's like something that? you wear to a club or a lounge. Don't wear that to work. That's not a professional suit. But like it's not. That? It's not a professional suit. No. It's not. It's <laughs> not. No. And I'll, I'll, put it I'll put it in this work. context. I'll put it in this context. Look on the BBC or any TV channel. Look at any diplomat of any country or high-level CEO in any country. And if they're wearing a suit like that, then, brother, you go ahead. Otherwise, dress the, 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 the place and the position and that you at work and save that suit for the lounge and for happy hour. I'm not saying you can't have it. I'm just saying you're wearing it to the wrong place, period. And there you have it. Yeah, I mean... And and I and I'm not and and the reason why I say look anywhere in the world is because I don't want people to assume that I am only holding on to quote unquote Western values or Western impressions of how people should dress because even African diplomats dress a certain way, right? And granted, they are dressing which uh, in a way that is very heavily Western influenced, but that's because they gotta do business with Westerners, so it makes sense. You know, we, we forget this when we're, when we're, again, day-to-day getting up, going to work, that we are going to work to do business at the end of the day. Right. It's not a fashion show. Is that what you're trying right. to say? Not a work fashion is not a fashion show. But right. do you agree that with, as the generations die off, the social norms will change? There was a time where tattoos oh, absolutely. weren't acceptable. Now they're acceptable. Oh, Absolutely. Well, that's going to change, too, though. going to change. They're changing. That's going to change, too, though. That's going to change, too. The, the, the tattoos being acceptable is not new, first. Second, they're not really acceptable. I mean, I don't know about not you. Right yeah, not well, right they're, they're, But they still not. really aren't. And 
And I don't know about you, but and I don't really watch the Oscars and even things like that where you might see people who have a ton of tattoos. But even when people dress up in gowns and things and go out, definitely at diplomatic affairs, even if they have tattoos, they're covered, whether they put makeup on them or whatever. So it's one thing to have it on your body. It's another thing to wear it out showing to a particular event or activity. So they're no, not, as, again. The bridal what? party in those beautiful dresses and the women are all mm. added up. I can't stand Oh, my stand God. It. Oh, my God. <laughs> you get me started. <laughs> But you know what's but you know what's beautiful about that, right? So this that's this, we are not living in a new time. You know, Nothing once new upon a time, fun. right? Once upon a time, thousands of years ago, people identified themselves, whether it was part of tribes or even Celtic tribes in in Ireland and those areas, through tattoos. And so everyone had a tattoo. Is how you identified yourself, and we got away from that. I, I tell people all the time. You get a couple of generations of grandmas with their arm covered all down with their tattoos. Sooner or later, a generation is coming. It's like, that shit ain't cool. My grandmama got one of them. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, what's cool is going to change. It is going to change. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we're just living in a time, you know. But, like I said, if you look at formal events and formal activities, you notice that people cover them up. They cover up tattoos. Ain't nobody at no $100 a plate fundraiser all tatted up unless they are the entertainment, unless they are the singer or, God forbid, the athlete that bought a ticket and showed up. And, and, and I'm going to just say it, that really didn't know any better. But most people will put something on that has sleeves. They'll have a shawl. The women, they cover them up. You don't walk around with that stuff out. True. Agreed. Yeah. I don't have any tattoos. I don't do tattoos. That's just... I'm I want yeah, I don't I'm contemplating. I'm narrowing it down. Well go ahead. Where are you do, you? do you? It's funny. Um, I, I, I evolved do on you? that subject. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've evolved on that subject as a as a man. At one time it was an absolute no no. I would not date a person through college in my early twenties that had a tattoo. And then I now. became well, and then I became, well, if you have one when I meet you, hopefully that's out of your phase, <clears throat> out of, you know, it's a phase you've gone through and you're not constantly getting new ones. So my kind of mm-hmm. my, my change and my time even now is more around, well, as long as you're not like still reviewing tattoos, trying to go to the tattoo parlor, spending money on that kind of thing. <laughs> It's kind of out of your system. Because I do not like full body tattoos. I mean, I don't know why people paint on what God gave them. Well, I do know yeah, why. I there's a psychological element to that. There, there's a psychological element to that, and I won't get into it. But, um, yeah, so my, my view on it now is, um, yeah, if, if we're going to be serious long now, we'd like getting back to, I think, your point and where do I fit you in my life. If we're just having a physical relationship, then I, yeah, if you go get another tattoo, good for you. But if I'm thinking about, you know, being serious with you and, and making it long term, then, yeah, I need you to be past that. Because I do and can attend $100 a plate events, and I'm not showing up with someone that's got a sleeve. And I'm not tattoo. bringing you. <laughs> yeah, I ain't bringing you. You can't have no neck tattoo. You can't have nothing down the side. You know, you can't have nothing on. I was someplace the other day out. Uh, someplace at a restaurant or some like a, just a basic round the way you know sandwich shop, 
And this woman mm-hmm. was in line with with a teardrop in the middle of her forehead, like between her eyes. And I was like, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, there's a whole wow. lot. Like, People are tattooing on makeup nowadays, you know, where eyebrows, your eyebrows are always up. They're tattooing eyeliner yeah, yeah, and yeah. lipstick. There's all yeah. kinds of nonsense going on. Oh, I saw somebody on my job has tattooed eyebrows, and they look wonderful. Because when yeah. your eyebrows don't grow back like mine, I've been tweezing since I was 12. And my eyebrows they look don't wonderful grow back. until you start aging and everything else is dropping except your this eyebrows. Woman, this woman is in her 60s. She's black. And you know black you. don't crack? She did let me it tell you though, good on her. That was, the, that was the issue the other day at the restaurant. Did we lose everybody? I'm, I'm here. here. Oh, we lost Randall.
But once we don't agree well, with all exactly that, that. Exactly that. Exactly that. And see, I think oh, my failing. No, no. It, listen, listen, listen. The coming together of any relationship requires compromise. No doubt. So the idea that you can be absolutely 100% whoever the heck you think you are and other people should learn to accept you and be more open and understanding is quite frankly a lie. If you go into a marriage, you have to change a little bit and you have to compromise. You have to be a married person. You can't go into a marriage as a single person. If you go into a new job, you have to fit into that job's culture. Whatever that culture is, if you want to be successful in that job. Everything yeah, we yeah. do in our lives is compromise. Compromising on who we compromise. are. Yeah. Right. Compromise. And, and, it, and it requires compromising on who we are. Now, when you're in your home, when you're doing your personal thing, whether that's hiking or whatever, I completely agree. You should be able to be with someone who accepts you 100%, allows you to be whoever you are, whatever dirty little freaky thing you're into. If they're not <laughs> encouraging it, they at least don't mind it, and they don't mind enabling you to do it, whatever. I get that on a personal level. But when we go out into the world, and I'm just speaking from you know, a mother who was in the Black Panthers in L.A. and and taught me how to survive in this society, we need to stop telling our kids that, that, well, the whole world is supposed to adjust to you. That's not true. It's not true anywhere. Not a single place, except maybe at home and in your personal life. Otherwise, you got to know the culture you're in. You got to work with the people that you work the best thing we can do for our kids is make sure they play a team sport very young. Because the first thing you have to do in a team sport is learn to rely on other people on the team that you just met. You all have to come together for a single goal. Hmm. I think the second best thing that we can do for our kids or that should be done is that they should be in more diverse situations. Because that whole idea of what you said, Randolph, that is true in terms of everything's not socially accepted. But then when it comes to the different races, there's things that white people can always do and get away with that little black kids could never do. And it, it, works, well, diversity itself is always the good. it works itself all the way up into adulthood, whereas I never hear anybody talk about the way white women wear their hair. But it's always a source of a, a discussion for black women. They put laws on the books in terms of natural hair versus straight hair or permed hair, whatever the case may be, and dreadlocks are not acceptable or this is not acceptable. The military just decided that it was okay for women to wear dreads, but they have to maintain, be maintained a certain way. I never hear them talk about white women and their hair. Never. Well, something- let, me, let me say this, though. Let me, let me, offer, let me offer this. Um, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right, but I think you're, you may be confusing two things. And you, and you may be pointing out something that I, I have witnessed in my friends, my friends that are VPs and, and, and in high areas. This is not our society. I have traveled to Trinidad and I have, well, watched a lot of stuff out of Africa. I plan to go this year. If we were in African society, I think the ideas of how your hair should look would be different. We don't own this society. They make the rules. We are living in their society, no matter how bad we want it to be different. 
We are. In Africa, I but saw... if um, you watch... Let me, let, me, let me make one little point. But if you watch their TV and their social stuff, right, if you really get into The View and watch it regularly or you really get into, um, what is it, TLC that had all those fashion shows, they're constantly critiquing themselves on what their hair should look like and how they should look. What they don't do, which we need to do better about, is they don't do a whole lot of it in front of mixed company. But they definitely drag each other. They definitely pull each other down. That happens all the time amongst white society. But they have given us, they have given minorities the idea that they're all unified, that, that, that they don't do that to each other. But they do. They're very brutal. Hmm. That's just what I've witnessed. And, you're, and where you're going, I will admit, and I will agree that all of the African societies, whether it's South Africa or Kenya or um, Tanzania, who have largely Christian societies and were mm-hmm. colonized successfully by European countries, yes, they do still adhere to some of those rules because, again, they're trying to maintain relationships with Europe and America, and they want that money, and they want that export, and they want that trade. When you start talking about places where they didn't, Somalia and these other countries, they're always in turmoil. They're always having problems. Why do you think that is? Because Western society is meddling because they won't conform. Exactly. But, you know, I just, you know, you're right. You're right. They do write these rules and they do create these laws, but it is really their, their society. They drug us here. So what we have to do is one, we have to accept it. We have to point it out and then we need to mobilize. We need to organize. We need to vote. We need to communicate because we do have the power to do that. But a lot of times we'll spend more time just com- just complaining about it. Not that you're doing that, but I'm saying as a whole, mm-hmm. right, as a group. We spend more time lamenting about it and being upset and, oh, girl, this is awful and they should not have done that. And what we need to be doing is, well, they're going to be putting up a proposition next week or they're going to be doing X and are you registered and this is where you can go vote and this is how easy it is or, you know, girl, come with me when I go. You ain't even got to drive. You know, we just need to turn. We need to start, especially with Mr. Trump in office, start trying to figure out a way to turn our anger into action. Correct. Because I completely agree with you, Leslie. And it, and it is a lot of bullshit. Also, though, what we need to do is try to hang on to our own institutions and start creating our own corporations. We have the money as a collective society. Yep. You know, I was just reading something today. Our, our spending power is like 1.2 trillion, the yeah. black dollar. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we have enough money to run an entire country. The black yeah, dollar in gold the United and States rims and sneakers. <laughs> right, right. Well, and and you know what? And tattoos because they're very expensive. And, they're not right. cheap. And tattoos and as many handbags as we could possibly carry. <laughs> right. Right. So they got us chasing, right, newest cars and how to dress ourselves up, you know, and because we are flamboyant as a culture. But, you know, think about it. If we if if we ever even half of our wealth tried to organize it, create our own institutions, our own towns. Right. Because there are things called planned communities. White folks have built them all around the country. I don't know why we ain't bought a chunk of land in the middle of North Dakota. So what I do know why. Because historically in America, sooner or later, white folks show up and blow it up or set it on fire. I was just going to say that. They would drop right, a bomb so, on it. 
Right. Um, they would. Oh, well, you. Yeah. They would drop a bomb. That's exactly what yeah, would happen. Yeah. So, but you know, we need to, you know, and uh, you know, what happened with the Black Wall Street, where they burned it down, you know. So, but I, but I think we should keep trying. Though. I think we should go back because if we don't, they have genuinely won, and right, and that was always the purpose to win outright. Yeah, that's the purpose. But if every I, I time they, we, right, we have to figure out a way to bring unity amongst us. That's what we need first, and then we can formulate a plan to build. We're not unified, and that, that to me, is our biggest issue, is, is not being unified as a people. Well, I'll say this. I, my, my comment to that is I have a homeboy who's um, not nearly as educated, barely made it through high school, but he's a hardworking guy, and that's his perspective. And what I said to him, especially after the recent election, is you have to start wait, stop waiting on everyone. Let's work with the people who do want to be unified. Let's work with the small group that we have and everyone else or more people will come along. But as long as we say too many of us are against us, too, there's not enough of us, as long as we have that reason kind of stuck in our mind, we'll never move forward. And that is why to, I share love. That is why right. I share love. That's right. Do it. Well, we need, we need to learn to start where we are, use what we have, and do what we can, and be peaceful in that. That's a song. Well, look up the lyrics and have a song for the next show, girl, and go for it. Use what we got <laughs> to get what we want. You better think. Dun, 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 dun. think. That's in that song. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, that is certainly in that song. Yes. <laughs> All right, I got to get dinner going for my week, yeah, so I got to go. And I got to finish celebrating my birthday. I haven't even had my birthday dinner. Happy I kind of waited to do this. Thank well, you, you do so it. Have much. a good birthday. And listen, don't forget me. I will be calling you again when we have something juicy and hot to talk about. Who is this talking? I don't know who this is. 